If you've got your Bibles this morning, I want to invite you to turn with me over to the book of 1 John. We're going to many different verses. We're going to start in 1 John this morning. I want us to uh, see a verse here, and, and we'll bounce around from there. But this morning, essentials for the journey is surrender. Guys, if there's, I don't want to say if there's anything that is needed more inside of a church. There's, there's lots of words we could be sticking at the bottom of that essential for the journey. Just pick a word. And there's one word that I think is so vitally important, and it's surrender. We need the church to surrender. We need, to, we need the body of Christ to be the hands and feet of Jesus that He saved us to be. And we must surrender. And from that to that, we this morning in 1 John chapter 4, look with me at verse 14. It says this, it says, We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of of the world. This baby, this long expected Messiah, he comes, Emmanuel, God with us. He's born. We get to celebrate. We get to sing his praises year after year, day after day. We get to sing the praises of King Jesus, but we know that he came to this earth on mission. He came. He was he was sent by the Father to the earth to redeem back to God a people who had been lost. That was us, it was mankind, remember there in the garden, rebellion took place, disobedience happened, sin entered the equation, and that sin has been passed down from generation to generation, and it lands on us today. And without Jesus coming to this earth, without Him, can you imagine what it must have been like? I can't imagine. But Jesus stepped out of perfection. He stepped out of e- eternal Forever and ever he had been in perfect holiness, communion there in heaven with God the Father. And God said, go and get my people. And he went. Jesus was sent on a mission. We are, we're to have the mind of Christ. Go with me. Look over in, look over at uh, John. John chapter, no, don't go to John. In John, listen. Jesus was sent, and here's what he was sent to do. We know the verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We serve a whosoever will God. But my question to you, even to begin thinking about right now, how is whosoever going to hear if they're not told? How is whosoever going to hear the good news of the gospel? How are they going to hear that Jesus was sent to them? That Jesus came to this earth to be a savior for them if they do not hear the message. See, what most people think about the church, what most people think about Jesus is that he's condemning, that he is a no, no, no God. When they hear, of, when they hear uh, Christianity, they think that it is just a big X over everything fun that's going on in their life. But that is so not true. Because John 3.17 says this. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. God sent him on a mission. God sent him to redeem and not to condemn. God sent his son into the world to, not to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. Guys, the, the, world, the world is the recipients of Christ's obedient Following the command of the Father to go down there to that earth 
To go to people who would reject him. To go to people who would not receive him willingly. What did the world do? The world rejected him and the world ultimately killed him there on a cross. Our sin killed him there on a cross. But Jesus was sent on a mission. You and I are on that same mission. Go to Colossians. Look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Guys, you ever think you're on mission? Do you ever wake up and say, you know what, I'm on mission today? What stops us from being on mission? That word surrender. Every single one of us who've trusted Jesus, every single one of us who have answered the call, every one of us who have had Christ come to us, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. We saw Jesus. You've seen Jesus. You know Christ as Lord and Savior. It begs the question, what about the rest of them? What about everybody else? What about your neighbors who do not know Jesus? How are they going to hear? And we can always wish, well, maybe they'll go to church. Maybe somebody will tell them. And there we, there we ride in and out, in and out, day after day. We see them mowing their yard. We see them going to the ball games. We see them in the grocery stores and at the restaurants. We see them regularly, and we have beheld His glory. How are they going to behold His glory? How does the world hear about Jesus unless they're told? In Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15, it says this, Jesus, this Christ child, this baby that we celebrate, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He's the beginning of all He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is also, listen church, He's also the head of the body, the church. And He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that He Himself will come to have first place. I want you to hear this. So that He Himself will come to have first place in everything. Does Jesus have first place in your life? We see Jesus was sent on a mission. We see Jesus came. We're to have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. We're to have probably same opening or at least the page. Look at Philippians 2. It says this, have this attitude. Verse 5, have this attitude in yourself which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even death on the cross were to have the mind of Christ. Christ Jesus was sent to this earth on a mission, and that mission was to redeem lost people, to save people from their sins. He wasn't sent to condemn, he was sent to save so how are they going to hear how are the rest of them going to hear we have beheld his glory we proclaim Jesus Christ in him crucified how does the rest of them hear guys Jesus is to have first place in everything scripture says he is to he is to have first place in everything He is also the head of the body, the church, and He is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead so that He Himself will come to have first place in everything. Father God, what is it in our lives that are you not in control of? 
Lord, what part of us do you not have absolute authority over? What are you not supreme in? Lord, examine our lives, examine our walks, examine the way we carry ourselves, examine our schedule, Lord. Is our schedule driven by us or driven by you? Is our focus, is our desire, is our passion, what drives us, what motivates us, what moves us? Lord, is it you or is it everything else that this fading world has to offer? What profits a man if he gains everything that this world has to offer but misses you along the journey? Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for not letting you be Lord of everything. That word, surrender. We have so many, we have so much control. We have so much. Lord, we run our lives. We go where we want to go. We do what we want to do. We are control freaks. Lord, forgive us, God. How can you be in control of everything and us be control freaks? It's, it doesn't work. It's an oxymoron. You're either God of all or not at all. Lord, help us see that. God, forgive us in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, He is Lord of everything. He is in control of everything. Examine your life. Look at your world. What is God Lord of? We beheld His glory. We know Jesus. We understand the story. We know the whole story. From the, from the angel Gabriel coming and talking to Mary and Joseph, all the way to his birth, we see him at 12. We see him at 8 days old, at 12 years old, at 30 years old. We see his earthly ministry. We see his crucifixion. We see the empty tomb. We see his ascension. We see him in the Word, seated at the right hand of the Father. And we wait on his return. We wait on him to come. But what about the rest of the world? What about our neighbors? What about those who have not got the relationship that you and I have? Listen. There is no plan, plan B. And what do you mean by that? There, there is no one else going to come and tell lost people about Jesus. There's, there's not another group that comes in at 12 o'clock. We've talked to the first service. We're talking to the sec second service. There's not a third service of Chapel Hill Baptist Church that's going to come in and do the work. There's, there's nobody behind you. Here's, here's what it looks like. We're walking through life. We live in our world. I, I woke up this morning and I was looking out over, over the, the village area there. And there's these smokestacks coming out of the homes. And I prayed, Lord, I pray that they're getting up and they're ready and they're going to church. Who's telling them about Jesus? I know the story. Who's telling them? That's my village. Who's got your village? I'll take care of my village. I'll handle my village. Who's got your village? Here's what happens. We, we wake up and we go through life. We get up and we run out the door and we pass and repass. Guys, there's nobody behind us. There's nobody else coming behind us. That's one of the heaviest feelings is when that settles. In the spirit of a believer, I may be the only one they're going to hear today. I may be the only one they're going to see today. I may be the only Jesus they experience today. 
And here's what we've bought into. We've bought into a lie. Let me say this right now. We've bought into a lie. Casey, come join me. Stand right up here on the front. I can rub up against this brother. Come right here. I can rub up against him all day long. He ain't getting no more Jesus. He getting more germs. But he ain't getting no more Jesus. The lie that we bought into is we gotta, we got to live, live godly around them. We've got to act godly around them. They've got to see us living a godly life. And somehow, he's just going to metamorphose Jesus into his soul. Listen, if I don't say, look, you're a lost and dying person in desperate need of a Savior, and Jesus Christ is your only hope, and he has then the choice to either accept or reject, if he doesn't hear the gospel then he's going to die and go to hell. Appreciate you. Here's what we bought into. We bought into this lie that if we can just be good neighbors, if we're just good people, if we're, if we're good enough, they're going to see our goodness. Listen, seeing our goodness doesn't change anybody. We ride up and down. We leave our house and we, we decorate our yard. Guess what? Lost people's decorating their yard too. We hung Christmas lights this past weekend. Lost people hang Christmas lights. Lost people hang Christmas trees. Lost lost people can put joy in front of their yard too. Lost people do the same thing church people do. Christians do. But we think for some reason that they can see us and they're going to watch me live a good life and somehow they're going to be born again by watching me. That is a lie straight from the pits of hell. That's not biblical. How are they going to believe without a preacher? How are they going to? They got to hear the word. The Bible says they got to hear it. And here's the thing: there's I can only be in one place at a time. I told you, I made a promise. I'll handle my village. Who's handling yours? There's nobody coming behind us, church. We're it. Tag, you're it. We're to have the mind of Christ. Jesus was sent. We're sent. You and I are sent. And here's what we do. Here's the other thing we do. We go on one mission trip and we call ourselves missionaries. We go to Indianapolis, we go to Dominican Republic, we go somewhere, we pat ourselves, oh, I'm a missionary. Have you told your neighbor? No, I ain't talking to my neighbor. I don't even like my neighbor. (laughs) Have you talked to your family? Oh, no, that'd be funny. That'd be odd. That'd be strange. That'd be uncomfortable. So was the cross. Surrender, it's a big word. It's the problem, it's the issue, it's the elephant, it's big, it's the elephant. I think surrender, I think that's the elephant, I think tag we found him. Because because all the rest of them, we can play it, we can fake it, we can can be kind of obedient. You either surrender or you don't, you either make him Lord or you don't. Many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do a lot of churchy things? Didn't we, didn't we put the money in the plate? Didn't we tithe? Didn't we sing on the stage? Didn't we support? Didn't we pray? Didn't we do all that kind of stuff? And I didn't know you. Jesus says, depart from me because I don't know you. I want to be Lord of all of your life, not just Lord on Sunday morning. And many are just Sunday morning. I love you, I wouldn't say that. Many of you are just Sunday morning because he's Lord Sunday morning. He's not Lord. And some of you will eventually hear that long enough and you'll quit coming because I'll make you mad. 
Next place won't tell me he's Lord just on Sunday morning. I'll go somewhere and he won't be so mean to me. It's funny when he bounces around and he's light and he's and he's light and he's all laughy and all silly and stuff. But but he was mean to me. He judged me. Would you rather me judge you or the one that's going to send you to hell judges you? Surrender's a big word. I give you, I give you, Jesus, you take care of that eternal stuff. You take care of forever stuff. You take care of things that I, I can't handle. You take care of all that out there because I got, look, I got a credit card. And you know what? I got a nudging too. That one is that when that one messes up, I'll stick this one in. And you know what? When that one messes up, I'll stick this one in. And that when that one messes up, I'll stick that one in. And when they mess up, I'll call one of you. <laughs> but Jesus, you take care of eternity. Because I got life handled. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. And the Word became flesh, and we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We saw Him. Who's going to show them? Who shows the rest of them? There's no backups. There's no plan B. There's not another group. There's, there's not another plan. We're it. Tag, you're it. Keep reading. Verse 19, Colossians 1, 19. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile all things to Himself, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Through Him, I say, whether things on earth, things are in heaven, and although you were formerly alienated, listen to where we came from here. We of all people should not be arrogant. We should not be boastful. We of all people should say, you want me to do that? Sure. You found me here and you're asking me to do something. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Bible says we were aliens. And although you were formerly, verse 21, alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, he reconciled. Yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body. It's kind of like our kids, you know. This is what it's like. We bathe them. We clothe them. We feed them. We house them. We put a roof over their head. We give them a car. We do all this stuff. And then they say, I don't want it. I don't like that. How you feel, Mama? You worked all day and you come home and you throw something together and you're tired as all get out and you walk in there and you throw supper in front of them and they look at you and they say, yuck. What you going to do? I know what you going to do. Same thing I'm going to do. That's what we do to God. I want your free stuff, but I don't like your plan. I like your free stuff, but I'm not going to play by your rules. I want your free stuff, but I'm not going to do it your way. 
I want your free stuff, but I'm not going to listen to you. How many of us as parents would put up with that? And yet every one of us, because of that word surrender, say, oh, Lord God, I want your free stuff, but I ain't doing that. We were formerly evil. Although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Look at what he did. And we sit around and we wait on somebody else to go do. He's not asking us to do much. He's just asking us to go talk about him. He's just asking us to go live for Him. He's just asking us to go be mouthpieces for Him. You and I, when we've trusted Christ, when you and I trust Christ as Lord and Savior, you and I become ambassadors of the cross. We become spokespersons. We become heralds of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at it with your own eyes. Visibly go there. This is what the Bible says. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Praise God. We, we want the new creature stuff. But the next line says, Old things are gone. That old way of living when you ran life, when you had keys to your life, when you had the steering wheel to your life, and you controlled your life, that way is gone. Old things are gone. Behold, new things have come. What is the new thing? The new thing is we have no say-so. The new thing is there's but one option now, and it's obedience, and it's called surrender. Look at verse 20. You're an ambassador. I don't want to be an ambassador. I won't. The free stuff. I want the free relationships. I want the free. Nowhere else can you get what you can get inside of a social church. Nowhere else can you get what you can get inside of this. We don't expect nothing. You come and you sit and we friends come and they just kind of make. And you're like, well, I like this. And you stand up a few times when he or I say stand up and you pray and you just flip, a, you flip some pages. Some of you don't even flip pages. I ain't doing that now. I'll sit, but I ain't turning no pages. You don't know if I'm telling the truth or not. They may be lying up there. Some of you's like, I'll just read it on the screen. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you. Who are we begging? Who are we begging? We beg you. Be reconciled to God. Who are we begging? Are we begging our neighbors? Are we begging grandparents? Are you begging your grandkids? Are you begging your sons and daughters to have your grandkids in church? Are you begging them? Look, you better be bringing them up in the truth of God's word. It's a messed up world out there and they're going to get caught and they're going to get pulled into every different direction. You better keep them close to Jesus. Are you begging them? Co-workers? Neighbors, family, friends, are we, are we begging them? Word became flesh and we beheld His glory. They haven't beheld His glory. How are they going to behold His glory? They've got to be told. Well, preacher, you go talk to them. 
You got the education. Oh, we got a new one. Josh got education. We saw him on Sunday morning. Josh, Josh, you'll get a lot of phone calls. Josh, I need you to come talk to my neighbor. No. We talk to our neighbors. He found us. Back over to Colossians. He found us when we were far, far away. And although you were formerly, verse 21, alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before the holy and blameless beyond reproach. Verse 23, listen church, very, very vitally important to our walk. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly, established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed to all creation under heaven, in which I, Paul, was made a minister. Look back up to verse 13. Church, this is what God did for you. How is it that we cannot surrender to Him? For He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Look at what He did for us. Look at what he did for you. He transferred us. How's he going to transfer them? Well, they've got to hear the good news. Some of you say, well, I can't speak. I can't talk. I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know the words. Listen, I will, I will give you every verse and you point it out to them. I will tell you every verse. Just give them. Won't you just come tell them? I can't, I can't get them inside of a church. But I tell them about we talk about hunting, we talk about fishing, we talk about Auburn, we talk about Alabama, we talk about presidential elections, we talk about everything. But where do we talk about Jesus? Preacher, I don't do that. You know why? That word. Surrender. Isaiah. Isaiah, we all know it. You don't have to turn there. You know where I'm going. Isaiah 6. What does he say? He sees God. He sees God for who He is. He sees God in His holiness. He sees Him high and lifted up. And God says, Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? If God said to you, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? What would you say? I can't. I'm not. I don't feel comfortable. I, I don't think that's for me. Get somebody else. I don't know what to say. You know what? He's still saying, I need somebody. He ain't saying, I need it. He's already commanded it. He's already commissioned us to do it. It's that word. We can't blame him. He didn't come to this earth to condemn us. He come to save us. He come to make us his very own. He come to put us on mission with him. We're to have the mind of Christ. We're to have his mind. We're to go to the people he went to. What did Isaiah say? Here I am, send me. I'll go. Send me, I'll go. And notice this. Here's the deal. We stop there. Most of the time we stop there. 
We stop there. I just want to keep reading. I, I want you to hear something. And he said, go and tell the people, keep on listening, but do not perceive. But go tell them. They're not going to get it, but go tell them anyway. He says, keep on looking, but do not understand. Just, just tell them to keep looking. Keep listening, keep looking. Render the hearts of the people incensed that if their ears dull and their eyes dim, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until cities are devastated and without inhabitants. We know context of this. God's people had rebelled. And the prophet sees God and he says, I'll go, send me, I'll go, send me, I'll go. I'll go. We, we as a church are going out into a very similar situation that Isaiah found himself going out into. A group of people have rebelled, hard-hearted, stiff-necked. They see all the options, all the shiny things that Satan has thrown out there. All the things that seem as if they will complete a person and bring total happiness and joy. And here we come with Jesus. And, and the devil says, no, you have everything you need you are content, you've got money, you've got power, you've got house, you've got family, you've got stuff on top of stuff and on top of stuff. And here we simply come. We don't try to change anything that they're doing. We just say, listen, you need Jesus. And the devil says, yeah, but you've got all of this stuff and I'll give you everything else and you are happy and you don't need it. And all we're telling them, do you notice how we're not saying stop this and stop that and change this and change that and quit and don't and you're a X, Y, Z. We're not doing any of that. God didn't tell us to judge. He told us to tell them about Jesus. Surrender. I hear you, Lord. Holy Spirit's talking way louder than me. Way louder than me. Sometimes he says, you don't need to listen to that. That's not for you. He's talking to somebody else. You'll mess up. You'll mess them up. You don't know what to say. You're not good enough. You're a failure. There's no way they'll listen to you. They'll laugh at you. They'll run from you. They'll never invite you again. Listen, you don't want to do that. And you know what? The God of this universe is simply saying, let me be God. Let me be in control of your life. Let me, let me call the shots. Let me be Lord. Surrender is simply that. Just let God be God. Just let God be God and you go and do and say and be whenever he speaks. Just do it. Rest in Him. Lord, I don't know what I'm about to do, but you told me to do it, and I'm going to go do it anyway. <laughs> Give Him the outcome. Give Him the what-ifs. Give Him the rest. Surrender. I'm telling you right now, I'm not talking about the secret stuff. I ain't talking about the secret stuff. I'm talking about the big blatant elephant 
they ain't nobody else going to tell them about Jesus. And then some of you sit there and say, well, too bad for them. Some of you sit there and think, he don't know my neighbor. Some of you sit there and think, well, I've got a preacher that lives down the street from me. Some of you will sit there and rationalize an excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. You're it. Tag, you're it. If you're a Christian, every Christian, listen. God saved you for a purpose. Tag, you're it. Surrender. Oh, Lord, help us. Oh, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. To simply surrender. And be your hands and your feet. Being good and being moral and being just and being kind and being compassionate and loving and caring. Those are good but it don't save them, Lord. They can see us being all those things, but if they don't hear about Jesus, then how will they ever know Him? Help us, Lord, surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.